his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Alright. How many of you know that song We Are One in the Spirit? We are one in the Lord. Yeah, most of you don't know it. It's an old song. That's that's the whole point. I go back to when that song was new. So. <laughs> that was an old song. <laughs> but when we sang around the campfire when I was your age, that's what we sang. But there's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? They'll know we are Christians by our love. So what's this passage about? What stands out to you in this passage as we read through it? Greater than our heart, and he knows everything. So 
just like as honest. If we are if we are truly believing and truly have a relationship with God and we doubt ourselves or we doubt our relationship with God, then don't doubt. <laughs> All right. Because God is actually bigger than that. You understand that? If you have the DNA of righteousness, if you've been born again, don't let your heart mislead you into doubt. Our heart should be a good thing. Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. But... On the flip side, what's it say in Jeremiah? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And a lot of, uh, let's see in verse 13, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We live in a world that, most of us live in a world or work in a world or shop in a world where people are not born of the spirit don't have the DNA of righteousness and the world has a slogan that surfaces in the music and everywhere else now follow your heart what do you think Do what makes you happy. There you go. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. Yeah, you go back that far at least, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so if your heart has been rebated by God, that might be good advice, but most of the people who are saying that are just following their own natural desires, aren't they? And it's an interesting concept, but you take it and wrestle with it for a while. Don't follow your heart. Lead your heart. Proverbs is full of that. talks about your heart and how to lead your heart the way God wants your heart to go. Thank you, John. That's good. What else do you see in here? Verse 17. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Alright. What's that say to you? It just stood out from everything else. Gut feeling. Alright. To help people if you can. Yeah. All right. That's simple, isn't it? No. <laughs> it can be quite difficult at times. I mean, it's very simple, it's just hard. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And we just uh, went through this big, well, not even through it yet, all this big COVID deal, you know. You go to the grocery store. <laughs> You know, people talk about 
all the commandments that God gave Moses on the mountain being cumbersome, you know. You gotta look on the store windows at all these commandments. <laughs> Why didn't you just write, love your neighbor as yourself? <laughs> you know? You know, uh, going off of that and, uh, you know, don't be shocked or or whatever the word was, that the world doesn't like you, right? Good. You know, because if you're born again, normally you want it, well, depends on how you are, but you want to try to steal and kill and cheat, right? So I kind of think um, what John might be saying here is that if, if you see a brother in need, he's not going to try to steal, kill, or or cheat to try to get out of need, right? He, um, I think he would try to work hard and try to, try to work, but even then he may not be able to get out of his problem, right? And I think that's what John's trying to say is that we kind of have to help each other because otherwise there's like nothing else some people can do. Good. And especially, <clears throat> This is another tricky term, the world hates you, you know. If the world hates you because you're arrogant, self-righteous Christian, then that's not what this is talking about, okay? <laughs> right. Or that you're obnoxious and you turn people off, you know, or whatever. But if indeed the world hates us, like the early church, we do need to help each other because the world ain't going to help us. You're a needy brother, the world ain't going to help you. You're going to help him when you get help. That's very good. So, do you feel like all good, this is the like a all Christians, if the early, if all Christians are, you know, followers of God, and God, if the world hates God, then all Christians are hated by the world, sort of thing. So if you're not, if you don't feel like you're being hated by the world, are you really? Do you are you are you really? Yeah, whose side are you on? Right? <laughs> you know what you're saying? Well, yeah, because I actually, for the most part, don't feel like you I'm don't too hated by the that. world. No, you're not. Well, but you're not online, you right. know, like if, if you were a, a, a person online that has a big following and talking, then you would be. You would have all kinds of stuff coming at you. I don't know. Oh, if you were taking a like more you, public stand, yeah. higher profile mm -hmm. yeah, stand, more. you'd get more of these mm -hmm. yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, like or, verse 18, it says... Um, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's more like your actions, not just like what you say, I guess. Because yeah. like if somebody's around you long enough, they're gonna kind of know who you are and how you are. And so if you just like blab off and say all this stuff, then you don't really. So people are just gonna know pretty much. Right. You think back to like Jesus when he was actually on earth. The people loved him. 
because he gave he gave him stuff they needed. Right. True. Because that was what he, one of the reasons why he was here to show who he was. Right. He wasn't just and it was another way. It was it was different. He was also hated. He was hated a lot. He was hated a lot by the leaders. or you never walked before and one day you ran home tell your wife, hey honey, guess what? I know what. <laughs> You've been sandbagging me all these years to get to work. <laughs> no, but it's true. See? And even today there's a lot of people who are interested in Jesus and go along with Jesus and if you call them on a telephone survey, I believe in Jesus or whatever, you know. But when push comes to shove, you don't see them there usually. So it's a tough deal. And, and how many of you ever played on a teeter-totter? You go back that far, don't you? <laughs> okay. A lot of things in Scripture are kind of that way. In... in uh, Proverbs, it says, uh, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. All right? Mm -hmm. If you're the only Christian at your job, and you're honest, and you don't go off at people, and you stay married, and all sorts of things like that. People will respect you even if they don't share your beliefs. They will at least be able to depend on you. People regard that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they might say, you may not like John, but he is the real thing. What you see is what you get. So there is a certain level of respect that people will show you if you live according to God's ways. There's also, that's, that's the light person on the teeter-totter, you know? <laughs> the other person is that if you really take a stand for righteousness, they're going to at least keep their distance. Do you have any nicknames at work, Zach? <laughs> 
Me? Yeah. Um, you call me Geronimo. Geronimo, okay. That doesn't sound like a real spiritual slam. <laughs> uh, no, not really. Why do they call me that, do you think? Oh, that was just a joke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they come up. I, I don't really have a nickname, I guess. And the people that have nicknames at work, they don't like. So I guess if you don't have a nickname, you're, oh. you're, you're a good <laughs> worker, I guess. <laughs> so, Good. Good deal. Yeah, they used to call me preacher, buzzard, and all sorts of things. (laughs) But it's tough, isn't it? And if everybody loves you, with another verse on the teeter-totter, says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. What does that mean? Means you please everybody. Yeah. Means you probably been to. Yeah, you, you, if you're just like them, they'll love you. Somebody look up First Peter four four. And somebody look up James one, one through four. And somebody look up James one fourteen to eighteen. First Peter four four. James two two one through four. And then James two fourteen through eighteen. You have one of them? I do. I think he has the Peter one. Good. First Peter four four. Of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. Alright. That ever happened to anybody? Most of you have grown up in a Christian environment. That might not happen to you. Tyler's probably had that happen to him. Hmm? I would guess that Tyler's had that happen to him a little bit, to a certain degree. Yeah, that just happened not too long ago, actually. To, to Tyler? Yeah. Remember when they were talking about, like, he, he was being homophobic or whatever. Oh, yeah, they were Because they, he said that that's wrong. Because he said it's wrong to be gay. Homosexuality like, well, is wrong. Not. Like, oh, you're homophobic, you know, yeah. You're just not hip to the latest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If he's being sincere about it, not self-righteous or whatever, then he's going to have a nickname, and he's going to earn it. But when you grow up in a group of friends that aren't Christians, that aren't don't have the DNA of righteousness, and then you become a Christian and you don't do what they do anymore, then it's like, are you better than us? You been there? Yep. Okay. You want to tell us more about it? I mean, my family was like that. Even though they claimed to be Christians, we, we talked about God too much. Like, if we tried to talk about anything, they were like, ah, here you go, talking about God again. Like, talking about your church, talking about your, you know, can't you just have a beer and chill? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. That, This is what we're talking about in this passage. In fact, I think the one guy said we were in a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So just make sure when you get this kind of criticism that it's genuine, that it's for the right reasons, that you're not being a hypocrite in your own life, you know. And then you just live with it. And God has all sorts of time. Time is a funny thing to us. A lot of you wish time would kind of speed up, you know. Like, when can I drive? When can I get a job? When can I make money? When can I get married? When are these things? But when you get to be my age, <laughs> you kind of wind back the other way. It's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not anxious for another three years to go by. And God has all sorts of time. And we run out of time. But a lot of your friends or relatives or neighbors or people at work who make fun of you and who reject you if you stay the course. It might be a different conversation in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I, I'm kind of renewing some acquaintances with good friends that I had 40 and 50 years ago. A lot of water's gone under the bridge, and they've made different choices in life than I have. And one of my best friends growing up, the girls all called him Handsome Rod. Now, my name is Ron, and his name is Rod, but I didn't look good enough for them ever to get us mixed up. You go walking down the hall with these girls. You know, before all this uh, unisex movement and transgender stuff, unisex. you know how you used to tell a girl from a boy? By the way they dress? Nope. Their hair? Not during the unisex movement, not during the pants revolution. <laughs> No, not their hair, man. I grew up with the hippies. <laughs> smell? <laughs> no, the hippies, the girls and the boys smell like <laughs> No, I went to school. And without fail, a guy carries his books like this. And a girl carries her books like this. Without fail. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I that. Yeah. yeah. These days, that's more dependable than which bathroom they use. You know? <laughs> right. But anyway, where was I going with all this? <laughs> oh, we'd be going down the hall, and all the girls would be carrying their books like this, and they'd just stop and they'd just stare at them. Sometimes they'd just drop their book. <laughs> And that's what they called him, Handsome Rod. They didn't even know he had a last name. <laughs> and I'd go walking down the same hall the next day by myself, you know, and nobody turns their head. But I knew it was him. <laughs> and the girls were just all after him. Uh, he was my roommate for a while. I had to kick him out because he had too many girls coming and going. You know? <laughs> And he became the youngest ever 
captain of the Arizona Department of Public Safety. He went into police work and he did very well. At 30, he was a captain of the Arizona um, Department of Public Safety. And I kind of lost track of him. Uh, kept track of him for a while. And then a few years later, I got married, moved to Idaho and everything, and he's going around the country doing seminars on winning, how to be a winner. Motivational seminars. He's probably 30. First of all, you gotta look good. <laughs> that is, yeah. If you look like him, you got a big edge. Don't pay too much for the seminar, you know? <laughs> and I've lost track of him, but I know his cousin. And he's not doing little seminars anymore. He lost his marriage. His teenage daughter committed suicide. He quit doing seminars on winning. In high school, he made this decision. He had it before he had lots of girlfriends. He just had one girlfriend at a time. And this one gal was Mormon. And I would take hands and rod with me to church and stuff. He understood the gospel. But he had this Mormon girlfriend. And so I, and finally one day I said, Rod, you're going to have to make a choice. Because the Jesus of Mormonism is not the Jesus of Christianity, and you know it. He said, yeah, he said, I'm going to join the Mormon church. I'm going to work it out myself. All that is to say this. Don't be short-sighted about the world hating you, calling you names, giving you nicknames, calling you self-righteous because you don't party with them anymore or whatever. Don't be short-sighted. That's not the end of this conversation. God has lots of time and he uses that time. And they may in the end become your friends or become Christians. So be patient. What else do you see in this? In the first Peter passage? Yeah, let's read that passage. Let's catch up on our cross-references. They're going to leave you because you don't party with them anymore, right? And what was the other one? James, uh, 2 and James. James 2, 1 through 4? Who has that? I have it. Go ahead. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves? 
and are become judges of evil thoughts. All right? This goes back to what he said before 1 Peter 4. He said, they talk like they love you, but they don't act like it. Right? I think that happens in churches a lot. I mean, they've seen that. Like, you know, people really? say, yeah. Or the pastor will, a new pastor will dress up like a, a bum or whatever to check out his church first, and they always fail. Nothing's changed, really, has it? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay, uh, James 2, 14 to 18. So it was James 1, 14 to 18? 2, James 2, I'm sorry. I probably said 1, but I meant 2. Go ahead. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds, and it is deed and useless. It is dead and useless. All right. So we can talk about love, you know. We can act like we love somebody. <laughs> but she doesn't have any shoes. And I have 25 bucks in my wallet. That's really what I ought to do, isn't it? She needs some shoes. She needs more shoes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people I can pick on, and some people I can't. <laughs> so, I have a little object lesson tonight, and I want to illustrate some of this. So, as we, we're going to go outside there around the fire pit, and uh, here's the question Who knows who Amy Carmichael was? Got one. Amy Carmichael. Two. What did Amy, who was Amy Carmichael? She's a missionary. Right. To where? I can't remember. Was it India? Yeah, it's India. India. In the early 1900s. And uh, she rescued children from all sorts of things. Some kids on the street because they were orphaned. Some kids were trafficked. Do you know what trafficking is? Mm-hmm. They were being trafficked as in the temples in India. And she would take them out of there and they'd have come live with her. And she got charged with kidnapping 1901, fought it till 1914 when they finally got off her back. But meanwhile, any little girl and sometimes little boys on the street or kicked out of home or had been being trafficked came to her house. And even though she had poor health, she fed them and took care of them. 
She didn't love in word. She loved in deed. And she wrote a lot of books. When she was older and bedridden, she was still writing books. And here's one thing that she said that goes with this passage, I think. She said, you can give without loving. See it all the time. All these nonprofit organizations. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. People who love give. So let's go outside and we'll... Somebody needs to go back to 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3, I think it is. Go ahead. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So what is purity? Anybody, what is purity? No garbage. No garbage. (laughs) That's really good. Anything else? What's purity? It says when we have the DNA and righteousness, we'll have purity. Hmm? Refined. Refined. And then it says, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, right? So how many of you have ever cast bullets before or fishing weights or anything like that? Have you? All right, so you know all this stuff. So here I have some really... (coughs) Who said no garbage? (laughs) All right, so I have some lead here in its raw form. All these pieces of lead that are unsaved. <laughs> They're the ones who call you names. Alright? So this is going to take a little while. Is that part of your object lesson that it takes a while? Hmm? Is that part of your object lesson that it takes a while? Yeah. So what's another dimension of purity we need to talk about? What is the difference between purity and virtue? 
This little light of mine. <laughs> what is the difference between your pur purity and your virtue? Right. Whereas purity is abstaining from unclean things. Right. So you can get close enough, you can see this is starting to melt down. I'm going to try to do it from the top down because if you do it from the bottom up, it takes a lot longer. Unless your hair is real long, you can get as close as you want. I don't have a problem with that. Can you lose your purity and not lose your virtue? What? Your moral purity is something that you should keep for marriage, isn't it? And sometimes it's a real disaster if a young person loses their purity before God's designed time in marriage. It's happened in my own family. And you're wise to save yourself, your own body, for marriage. But if you do go over the edge and you lose your purity before marriage, don't kill yourself. <laughs> don't go off the deep end like so many do and withdraw from your parents, withdraw from church, withdraw from godly friends, because the traffickers, they know those symptoms. And sooner or later, they have ways to recruit you. Some of the most influential people, I've read Tozier and Spurgeon and Moody and Finney and most of the greats. C.S. Lewis is over my head. I, I can't understand him. But, but some of the most influential people in my life are actually women, and I'll tell you why. My wife kept her purity. My wife in her whole lifetime, 62 years, only ever went out with one boy, just one. And I know who it is. But I know some other women who have been very influential in my life who lost their purity long before God designed them to. But God saved them and God rebuilt virtue in their lives. And they spent the rest of their lives 
teaching their own sons and daughters virtue. And that's an amazing thing. And there is hope. And there is recovery. And that's a delicate subject, but it's a very important one, especially for you guys at your age. But the other part of purity is, as was mentioned, getting rid of the garbage in our lives. Now, see how shiny some of that is? Mm -hmm. See how not so shiny some of it is? Mm -hmm. Now, lead's not as expensive as silver or gold, <laughs> but it's still shiny. I used to cast bullets for a living. I used to melt this by 300 pounds at a time. Probably not like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot bigger burner. <laughs> now, what is this? Flux. What is flux? Removes impurities. It removes impurities. How many of you know how to solder? I do. I can. Good. <laughs> you ever try to solder without flux? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it won't open up the pores in the metal, will it? And clean them out so the solder can go into those pores and, and take a bite when it cools. Now the other thing, if we had enough lead that's interesting about this, is that you can put a metal spoon in it and the spoon will float. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Now you can alloy lead with what other metals? Tin. They like each other. What else? Antimony is cheaper than tin, but it'll make lead really hard. Makes good bullets if that's what you're into. do hopefully we get enough heat to this you got another one of these burners by your wood stove mm -hmm. oh yeah we'll do the double barrel <laughs> so these metals work good with lead if they alloy with it they mix in with it the uh, molecular activity mixes in with it But the stuff that we're seeing here is not alloying, it's leaving. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's got a real magnum burner there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fire lighter. 
A lot is red when it melts. Lead melts about 500. If you mix it with tin, it'll melt at 450. I'm glad you came along, John. <laughs> so here is your life. Before you become a Christian. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, there's beauty hiding, but it's hiding pretty good. All right, we got all sorts of colors there. I'm going to get rid of all this trash. And it's going to be beautiful. When you get saved, you're a new creature. And you don't party with your friends anymore. And all sorts of things that weren't so clean become clean. There, when you take a fresh swipe, it looks good for a while, and then it turns colors. That's because we're getting a lot above melting point. All right? Stay with it, John. I'm going to check this. That came along. Still on. It's still on. Of course, we'll burn off the flux. Actually, I don't know why, but these wax about the best flux you can get for doing what we're doing. So, you can really like the deepest. <laughs> now what happened? I thought we got all the trash out of there. That's a lot of trash. I thought we got it all. <laughs> you know, even after you become a Christian, you keep finding more trash. Some of you girls, I know you cook like this. <laughs> <laughs> After you snitch all the chocolate chips, you make something for us that looks like this. <laughs> this is another reason you don't follow your heart. Because there's a bunch of trash in there. And as you live the Christian life, God puts you through fiery trials like this 
And every time he does, more trash seems to surface. Wow, wee! Man, is there any good stuff left? Oh, that's nice trash. He's got green stuff, green yellow stuff. That's the really gross stuff that you're getting out of there now. All right, I'm going to take a clean swipe and you can look at it, and then, but it's going to turn colors real quick. How about that? Starting to look pretty good. Ah, there's more trash. Chocolate pudding. Mom, what do I do now? Well, look at that. Oh, some more nice trash. You wouldn't have thought that was in there, would you? So somebody read James 1, first few verses, James 1, James 1.
Okay, we'll heat up that other one. Getting hot yet? If you don't heat it up, then the melt, uh, the, sometimes the lead melts itself together before it fills the cavity. Junk, but it's beautiful junk. took a lot of time, we're not going to do more time. But I can skim that and flux it, and skim that and flux it, and skim that and flux it, until it looks almost like that everywhere. Okay? And then I can let it cool off, and I can heat it up again, and guess what? I'll cool it off again, heat it up again, and lo and behold, that's why we fall into fiery trials from time to time. God is burning some dross off of us. And we don't get it all, even with something really traumatic. It doesn't clean your whole heart out. out of aluminum so that the lead won't solder itself to it. don't always go all that well. So, one day, Amy Carmichael took all her little children to go and see the goldsmith. And he did exactly what we're doing here, only with gold. 
and he had to use an old-fashioned forge to pump the fire. And you think we were a long time, he was a long time. And we'd get the gold to a liquid state, and you'd skim off the dross, and you'd flux it, and you'd skim off the dross, and then he would let it all cool again. And then he would start all over again. He would do that all day. Just keep heating it up, cooling it off, flexing it, skimming it. And you can see how nice it looks compared to how it looked. But we can heat it up again, skim it off. So the children watched as long as they could. And then Amy asked the goldsmith, she said, how many times do you do this? I said, I just have to do it till it's pure. She said, well, how do you know when it's pure? He said, I know when it's pure, when I have it molten and I skim it off and I can see myself in it. Understand that? Mm -hmm. God will put you through whatever trials he has to put you in life until he sees his own image in your life. We shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. And that's a good thing to remember mm -hmm. when you go through a hard trial that God is doing this process. Well, we'll see if this one filled. I don't think it did, which would be too bad because that's next week's lesson. Oh, <laughs> uh, it didn't fill. It tried to fill near the end. Oh, well. I'll have to make one at home. But I bet this one filled. It looked like it did. This one's not so easy to get apart. I'll have to get a screwdriver or something to pry that one apart. You got another man? Oh, he's got Good, man. There you go. Get me a flathead screwdriver. We already got to start here. Okay, so what is this mess called? Leftovers. <laughs> In the kitchen, maybe, but not here. What's it called? You'll never guess. You're right, it won't. Is it called the overflow? Good guess. <laughs> Wrong word, but good guess. Excess? <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> My cup runneth over. <laughs> yeah, it's when I think filled. 
this glove's not too good because I cleaned my chimney with it. <laughs> so there's another stuff called creosote, and that's not part of this lesson. All right, there they are. You have to have something to feed into each of these balls. And that what's left, we can break those balls off of there, then what's left is called sprue. S-P-R-U-E. And even on little plastic things that you buy in the store that have been injection molded and stuff. All right, somebody at the factory removed all the sprue. Sprue. So there's the mold, and there's the those are quarter-inch walls. They're still a little wrinkly because they could be hotter. But that's how it works. Yeah. Any questions? should have cast quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it out of your slingshot or whatever and break the screw off, but you might wait till it cools off a little bit. <laughs> Somebody want to close in prayer for us? You want to? Sure. Go ahead. Dear Father, we just thank you for you, for your son. We thank you for Ron. We just ask that you would uh, guide us and lead us all this week as we go about our ways and just try to remember to rub the world the wrong way. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Good.